All right, hey, it's another episode of the Good Advice Show. You're tuning in to actionable, practical advice, the things that are going to actually help you grow your business. And I'm excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about unreasonable hospitality. This is something that came up in our growth group that meets on Tuesday mornings. A friend of mine who runs a restaurant, he's an executive chef, he was talking about this book called Unreasonable Hospitality, and this concept just came to life for me. I mean, I really dug in on this. And we're going to be talking about how do you turn an average customer into a raving fan? This is something we've talked about before on the show. If you've tuned in before, you've heard me talk about it. And so then you probably know how absolutely vital it is for you to grow your business based on this strategy. All that and more is on the show. We'll be returning here in just a second after word from one of the amazing businesses who sponsor the show. Check this out. We'll be back soon. Hey, have you been thinking about your health insurance plan for this next year? Maybe you just jumped to the world of entrepreneurship and you're thinking, geez, is it possible to have a good insurance plan if I'm no longer working for a business? Maybe you're even running a business and you're thinking about what does it look like to have an affordable group plan for your employees? Well, I want to tell you about Optimum Health Insurance. This is a customized health care plan for you and your family. And since 2018, they've been helping people get awesome, affordable health care coverage for really nothing at all. It's easy, it's hassle-free, and frankly, they're different from the big insurance companies that you might talk to. And crazy enough, you might even be paying less than what you've paid at a previous job when you were on some company health insurance plan. If you want to find out more and save money on your health insurance, you absolutely need to go check out OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's OptimumHealthInsurancePlan.com. That's today's sponsor. Enjoy this episode. So I want to talk today about this concept of unreasonable hospitality. And it's it, like I mentioned in the intro, it's not something new. We, it's not the first time we've talked about this. In fact, I would say of all the advice that I've given, the things that I've discussed on the show, this is probably the thing that has come up most consistently. It's probably, if I was going to say, like, what's what's the one thing that I have constantly talked about? See, now, now that I say that, I'm actually thinking of two things. I think one thing I always talk a lot about is management and, and healthy management, effective leadership. And that's often this conversation on managing your people well, being a great boss, um, you know, making sure that you are treating people with dignity and that, uh, you know, understanding that culture is not a pizza party, but that it is something that is part of your intentional strategy internal to your business. The thing that I've said before a multitude of times is that just like you'd have a sales strategy or a marketing strategy or a go-to market strategy, just like you would be incredibly intentional about how you're going to sell your product and make as much money as you can, you should have that same philosophy, that same diligence for the people that you're managing. There should be some attention, some deep attention that you're giving to your employees. So that's one thing that probably comes up again and again and again when it comes to the work that I do. And for some of my customers, that's entirely the work we do together. In fact, all they know from me is that management piece. Then there's other people who know this other side who I, I think this is the other thing that constantly pops up. It's it's something that uh, I've talked about plenty of times on LinkedIn and actually might even be in my LinkedIn bio. 
but it's this concept of a thousand raving fans. And as I was at our growth group this morning, which it's it's a small gathering on Tuesday mornings, local here to NWA, it's something that I put together three or four years ago, only because I was like, man, where, where do I go to talk business with people? Like, where do I go to have an honest conversation? Where do I go to get advice from people? And how do I know if I'm even doing the right things? I think there's like this misconception from people external to entrepreneurship where they assume that entrepreneurs, business owners, what have you, that we are experts in the concept of business. When really, more often than not, many of us don't know a lot about business. We've just gotten really good at selling something. We've gotten really good at finding a niche, finding a need that we can solve, um, finding a, a solution that people seem to like. And for many of us, the business side of things kind of comes with doing business. You'd be surprised to know how many business owners who are first-time business owners and maybe even been in business for a couple of years don't know a lot about business. Maybe they wouldn't know what a PL is or an income statement, or um, you know, they wouldn't have much insight into even talking about like what is my business strategy. I mean, I just <laughs> the product comes in, I ship it out, I sell it. You know, I have a I have a um you know, maybe they have like a, a website where like a Shopify store online and like, yeah, people seem to buy it and it's, it's great. It works for me. <laughs> so don't, don't misunderstand this for a second. Just because you, you run a business, um, don't assume that business owners are experts at business. So Having said that, I think it actually helps you give a little bit of grace when a business owner makes a mistake uh, compared to like maybe some of these more savvy business owners, you know, they make a mistake, they they do something the wrong way and you as the customer, you get frustrated. You can give a little grace to our small business owners. You know, we're, we're figuring it out as we go, but I talk a lot about, okay, so what does it look like to take an average customer and really, really wow them to really turn them into someone who they didn't just buy from you and have, you know, get the product or service from you, but they had an experience with you. And this is such a weird concept, by the way, because I think sometimes we really struggle to sink our teeth into this concept. I think we really, uh, we struggle to understand the depth of what I'm talking about here, because many of you who are listening, where you're probably going is customer service. Like, oh yeah, does a place give customer service? Does it give good customer service? Does it give bad customer service? We all know places that maybe you've had a bad experience. I mean, I personally, I guess it, I guess it's me holding a grudge. I have a couple of, of stores that I will literally never go back to. I've said that before. Uh, and then I actually went to one recently after not going there for years. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pop in for a second. And, um, I was walking in and the person there's, there was a, a, a clerk at the front door a national chain. And she goes, Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Our, our power just reset. So none of the registers are working. So you're going to have to go, you'll, you'll have to leave and come back. And I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. And, and I really needed this piece of technology. So I was like, uh, I, I couldn't wait like two days to get it via Amazon. Um, Walmart didn't have it. And so I was like, uh, well, can I come back? It was like 11 in the morning. They had just opened. And I was like, can I come back later? And they were like, no, you can't. 
and they didn't the person didn't offer any other information they just go no <laughs> you know it's like um it's just so funny to me when there's there's this situation where like there could have been more said but and and I don't fault the person you know they're an hourly employee um you know I, I think it's okay to be critical of a business and yet also recognize that Many times these are hourly employees. Uh, I think about during COVID when GameStop was making their employees go to work during the lockdown and they had them like have like the exception. They had to like present the um, what's it called? The we're we're uh, oh, man, what is it called? Like mandatory workers or whatever. And like, yeah, if you get pulled over, present this to them. And I'm like, come on, let's not do we really have to make our hourly and I don't think this was, I don't think this was like the national brand. I think this was just some stores, but I was like, do we really have to make our poor, you know, hourly employee do this? Like seriously. So I, 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 I recognize this was an hourly employee. It's not a big deal, but I walked out thinking like, okay, uh, not a great customer service experience. And I'm probably not going to come back. Um, I had opened my heart to allowing this business to reenter as part of my, um, sale, my, my purchasing routine. And I said, okay, I've, I silly me. I've learned my lesson. I won't do it again. But listening to that story, you may be thinking like, oh, like what they should have done was given like a better time estimate and they should have been a little bit more polite or not that they were even rude, but you probably have some ideas as to like what they could have done differently. And I think you'd be on the right track saying that. I, I don't think there's any issue with that because you're thinking like good customer service versus bad customer service. But you have to understand something. When we talk about turning the average customer into a raving fan, turning an average, a first time buyer into someone who desperately, like they want to know updates. They're like, when's, when's the next, like, I remember, do you guys remember when you were, when you were younger and maybe you still do this today. But I had like certain music artists that I was so like passionate about listening to. One of them was Bon Iver. And I remember they had an album called For Emma Forever Ago. And I loved it. I listened to this album 10 million thousand times. And I remember like checking their website, like when's the next one coming out? Or actually, I remember checking like the Wikipedia and like when when um, the Wikipedia would get updated to like, here's when the next album is coming out. Like it's in, it's being recorded, it's in production. And they had maybe like the name of the album. They said like untitled, like I would freak out. I would get so excited thinking, oh my gosh, like this, it's, it's happening, right? Well, imagine if, if a buyer for your business had that same mentality about what you sell. Now, you may be listening thinking like, Blake, I sell doors. <laughs> I sell roof tiles. You know, I sell, I, I mow people's lawns. I, you, know, you may sell something that is the product itself is relatively mundane. And so, you know, I, I get that. And in your case, we're not talking about an actual product that is transformational. I think this actually is true for everyone, by the way. We're not talking about products that are um, the products themselves, like change someone's life. I think what we're talking about is an experience that is so personal and meaningful that you so deeply stand out from your competition and wow people. You wow them to the point where they become from their first purchase with you, 
they become a lifelong customer. Now, it doesn't take much, you know, mathing out to see the value of this. Anybody who's had a lifelong customer knows the inherent value of it. Those people not only buy again and again and again, but they are more powerful, more important than any marketing campaign you'd ever run, any ad you'd ever run. They are, they are, um, they build more trust for your brand than any, anything else you could possibly do, you know, savvy websites. I mean, an amazing funnel, like whatever, whatever terms you want to throw out there, that person will do more for you than anything you could do because it's, it's because people build trust with one another faster than what you see scrolling through the internet or reading on a website or a blog or what have you. So a, a lot of times we think that building this comes, you know, I, 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 it's like the whole like under promise over deliver thing. And I think that's part of it. But getting back to what I was saying earlier, I think we're way too service about this. I think a lot of times we think good customer service, bad customer service. What's funny to me is a lot of times people are like, oh, I gave great customer service. When really all they did was they gave like the expected customer service. Like there's a difference here between good customer service and expected customer service. Like you served me, but because you served me doesn't mean you gave me good customer service. And I, I don't want to get in the weeds here, get confusing. Like, okay, wait, what's, what's happening now? I've just noticed that, well, let me put it this way, actually. So at this Tuesday morning group, over the years, we've had different people pop in, different business owners, newer business owners, more seasoned business owners. And every now and then someone will come in who they're launching a business. So I'll ask, Hey, tell me about your business. This, you know, let's, let's put you on the spot for a second, uh, and give them kind of like a, you know, eight seconds of fame kind of thing, um, where they can be like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is how amazing we are, et cetera. Because if, you know, I want people, you know, when you're a new business owner, you need a little extra attention. And so I want to give them that, that sort of pedestal, pedestal for a second so they can kind of talk about their business. Well, what inevitably happens in these conversations is they talk about all about how amazing their brand is naturally. Why wouldn't you? But I'll ask, okay, great. That's awesome. Well, tell me like, what's, what's different about you and, and someone else I might buy, buy from. And it's not a trap question. It's, it's an honest, legitimate question. Like I want to know why would I buy from you? Like what, what is it, especially if I'm, if they're not doing a great job explaining it yet, which this is all of us, by the way, is that often we have the business idea, like perfectly conceptualized in our mind. But then when we're asked to pitch it or talk about it, it's like, uh, well, we, what do we do exactly? Or it's like very technical. There's a lot of jargon in it. And you see, as you explain it, you can see it on someone's face that they're kind of like, oh, okay. Or even they say like, oh, so you're like this. And you're like, no, that's not what I'm like. Um, but which, by the way, I don't know if you can hear my kids are like freaking out in the other room, which is just the joy of recording at home. But all that to say, um, you know, being mindful of the fact that just because you say customer service differentiates you from someone else doesn't mean that that's actually the case. In fact, what's often happened in my experience is that when someone says, oh, well, customer service separates us. I find that they're delivering really the same experience anyone else is. 
In fact, when I think about my own life and I think about the businesses that I've had a truly transformational experience with, transformational is like a little bit of like a culty drink the Kool-Aid kind of terminology. But I mean, like I left that business, whether it's a restaurant, a hotel, um, you know, I purchased something. When I think about the number of times that I actually had an experience where I was like, I will be a lifelong fan of that business. I can maybe think of three or four in my entire life of buying things. I'm 35 years old. So I have probably, I would assume bought from hundreds, if not thousands of businesses at this point, and only three or four were really went above and beyond with me. And I, 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 by the way, I'm not, I don't think I'm like, to, <laughs> I don't think that I'm like a, you know, a crazy person where like I demand everything. I just mean like as an average buyer, I, I, I have very rarely walked away being like, holy cow, like, geez, these people were insane. Like they went and, and honestly, it takes me back to, it takes me back to this book that was recommended to me from a friend this morning that we talked about at our group, this book, Unreasonable Hospitality. Like imagine for a second that, you know, you hired good advice or you hired like a business consultant or whoever, and you were asking them, Hey, how do I turn my business around? Like, how do I, how do I really turn this into something meaningful? And I gave you some suggestions that, um, you start to think about, you start to look at your, your competitors, or you start talking to family members or friends or your spouse, and no one's doing this stuff. And it's, it's kind of way over the top. You'd probably come back to me and say, that seems a little unreasonable. Like, I, let me think of an example here. Um, but see, now that I'm giving examples, you're probably going to listen and be like, well, that doesn't sound too unreasonable. And yet we don't ever do it. <laughs> like that's, that's the funny part of it is like, none of this is really unreasonable. Like, it's not like, Oh, someone came in for like a tire rotation, go ahead and give them a car for free. No, you're not going to do that. I mean, that I'm not talking about that, but what I am talking about are these things that are very simple, very intentional and individualized for your customer that communicates that individualism to them. Like we all love to talk about how oh, our customers aren't just numbers to us. Every single one of them matters. But again, very rarely have I felt like an individual with a business. Very rarely have I felt individually noticed. Now, I don't go shop to feel, I have my ego stroked or to feel amazing, but it does make me think twice about shopping elsewhere when someone does that for me. Quick example, I remember I uh, hired someone to do my lawn service for me. And I had been through like a couple of places that had done it for me. And, you know, they came, they chopped the grass. It was fine. Uh, or they cut the grass. Um, I promise I do know what it means to, to, to mow the lawn. They cut the grass and, uh, you know, it's fine. Like the edges are um, uneven. It hasn't been edged at all in many cases. It just doesn't look good sometimes. Sometimes it's uneven. Uh, maybe we're like where the grass was a little bit thicker. Uh, they maybe needed to pass over it a couple of times. Well, I've had a few experiences like that. Well, I remember I hired a guy to come cut my grass and it was, I, I think it was like pre-COVID maybe, I can't really remember. It was pre-COVID actually, I do remember. Well, we, our backyard was like a mess. Like we had like weeds, we had this little like pavilion in our backyard, 
pavilion is like a really magnetic like massive word it's not really what it was it was like a cement block but it was like um these like granite not granite uh uh, it, it was like paved stones that had formed like this nice little sitting area with the grill. Well, weeds had started to grow up between the little cracks of these, these stones. And not only that, there were just other places where it just, it, you could just tell there was some wear and tear on the yard. Well, this guy came, uh, he asked some questions like how big's the backyard, yada, yada. He came and it was like maybe 30 or 40 bucks and came with a mowing, you know, a riding lawnmower, mowed everything down. Well, I had to then leave. So I leave, you know, he's mowing the grass. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's going to mow. It's going to be fine. Well, I come back and this person, I mean, I'm in awe. Like we had, we had bricks that sort of framed our gardens that over time had been, um, uh, kind of like fallen out of the frame of the perimeter, I guess, of the garden. And then we also, on the, the backside of our lawn, we had a, like a bunch of extra bricks that had sort of toppled over and spilled over. And it kind of just looked sloppy, I guess. Well, here's what this guy did. I came back. Not only was the grass mowed, but the bricks that make the perimeter of the gardens had been all reset. That sort of toppled mess of bricks had been restacked in a neat and tidy way. The little tiny green weeds that were starting to creep up between the paved stones had all been weed eated down entirely. And not only that, you couldn't see a single trace of cut grass. This person had taken the blower and gotten rid of literally everything. This backyard, well, this was the best it had ever looked. Uh, and it never, of course, looked this way again, naturally. This person clearly, with a riding lawnmower, this stuff doesn't take long, very easily could have mowed the lawn in about 15 minutes, moved on to the next house. Because think about this kind of profession. Your money is made in the number of lawns you can fit in a day. But what this person did at no extra cost, he got off of his riding mower and began to stack bricks begin to place bricks, things that he wasn't asked to do, but noticed, hey, this needs a little bit of TLC. This needs a little bit of love. And then he left, didn't say anything about it, didn't mention it, didn't throw on an extra charge or what have you. He just did it because he wanted to. See, this is where you transition from, oh, it was good customer service. He was polite. I was polite. It was easy to pay, you know, a nice person to talk to, to really understanding unreasonable hospitality. Because I think that word unreasonable is such a good framing for if we were to flip this and I was telling you what to do for your lawn business. And I said, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to cut all the grass and then you need to stack bricks. And I mean, I would, if I were to list all the things that he did and I told you to do that for your lawn care business, you would say, Blake, that's unreasonable. There's no way I can be profitable and do all of that for every house. You're insane. And yet there are businesses that are taking the time who are sacrificing money in their pocket because they know how amazing it is to have a business like that, to have a customer like that, excuse me. To have a customer who sees the value in what you offer and who would never, ever, ever think of going somewhere else. 
And it's true. I never did. I, I talked about this business for, um, for years. I recommended this business for years. I was invested in this business's success. Cause I was like, this is a lightning in a bottle type lawn care business. You guys who are local, by the way, you're probably thinking like, oh man, I got to know, uh, I got to know where these people are. I don't think they're in business anymore. I think he, I think he moved on, unfortunately, but, um, you know, all that to say, cause this had started as a side hustle for him. Um, all that to say you're doing things that are so deeply different from what your competitors are doing. And a lot of times we think this has to be something massive. We think it has to be something incredible when really it is simple steps of intentionality. I had a customer, I had a new customer that I took on uh, a few weeks ago, actually a little over a month ago. And uh, his first name was Justin. And I put together a video, just a quick video that said, Hey, Justin, just want to tell you, thanks so much for trusting good advice. Really appreciate it. I'm really excited for the work we're going to do together. If you want to reach out to me, here's the best way to do it. Otherwise, I'll see you on, you know, this next meeting day. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'll see ya. So 40 seconds, you know, I made sure to say his name, but I recorded it. I uploaded it. I emailed it to him. And you know what he said? He texted me. He, okay, thank you. He texted me that, um, it's dinner time, apparently <laughs> he texted me and said, um, Hey, that was a nice touch. Now this person didn't say, Oh my gosh, my life is, is totally changed because of this video, but he noticed, Hey, that was different than what I've typically, exp I've typically experienced with people that was different than what a lot of people are doing. It takes me back to someone who was, was running this tiny insurance agency and she was desperate for customers. And we were talking about how can she get more customers? How can she take her customers now? There's a lot of um, turnover in the insurance business, not just with like agents, but customers who are, who are jumping from agencies, one agency to the next to try to get the best rate. And it's very transactional. And she said, you know, what, what do I do? Like, how do I, how do I lock someone in? And I was like, you know, you're not, you're not thinking about this the right way. We're not, we're not looking for the annual pass, like the annual lock-in, you know, buy it this much at this amount and you're with me for a year and I at least have you for a year. It's not about that. I said, the problem with insurance agents today, and I've told this story before is number one, I have no idea who my insurance agent is. I have no clue. I have no idea person's never called me. Uh, my current agent right now has never called me. See, if you're listening and you're an insurance agent, you're probably looking for my phone number. Now I, I do know my last insurance agent because they did call me. We did have a relationship. We did talk, but his agency was, was bought by, okay, honey, thank you. Um, his agency was bought by, uh, this other guy who has since never called me. And, um, sorry, by the way, for the distractions, it's, it's into the day dinner time. And so my three-year-old wants me to know that it is dinner time. Uh, but Hey, this is, this is the joy of life. You know, we're doing life. Um, so it's no big deal. Anyway, all this to say, I've never heard from this person. I, I, I don't even know their name. And I can tell you when someone tries to create an intentional relationship with me, 
in in more than than what's transactional, I will jump in a heartbeat, even if it costs me a little bit more money. Now, please don't Google my number. Please don't call me <laughs> if you're an insurance agent. Um, I don't want you to salivate at the idea of that. But right now, it's totally transactional. I will hear from this person. I can guarantee you, I will hear hear from this person twice over the next year. I'll hear from them once during my birthday because I always get like a birthday card and it's like stamped with the signature, what have you. And I'll hear from them um, when it's time, when, when it's time for me to re-up, when my annual deal is ending, I'll hear from them again and it's going to be, hey, you know, it's so great serving you. You're such a great customer and I'll get, you know, lauded with all of these, you know, accolades and you're amazing and we'd love to keep you and yada, yada. And surely we all know this is BS, right? I mean, it's like if I told my wife how amazing she was one day out of the year, do I really think those things? Probably not, right? But bringing it back, this this woman was trying to figure out, how do I grow my, my agency? And so we talked about it and I said, you know, the biggest issue is this problem. You never hear from them unless it's time to buy. And when you do hear, it's disingenuous and it's meaningless. Insurance agents honestly are, sorry, to, by the way, to totally like rip your industry if you're listening and you're like an insurance agent, but one of the worst industries when it comes to understanding this concept. I said, here's what you need to do. You need to have a touch point with your customers that is not intrusive, but also is not connected to a sale. Meaning what? It doesn't mean you need to harass them and call them every day. Hey, how are you? I, they don't want to hear from you every day, but imagine what it would be like to send a handwritten card in the mail that doesn't say, Hey, it's time to re up. Thank you for, you know, whatever, but it's a handwritten note. And it says, Hey, John, I just want to thank you for giving me your business. I really appreciate it. And then adding another personal detail, you know, maybe they're a chiefs fan. Hey, John saw the chiefs game last week. Uh, they did amazing or, or, you know, chiefs won the super bowl, um, go chiefs. I'm sure you're excited. A little tiny detail like that. So I give her this advice. I see her a few weeks later and I say, Hey, um, did you end up sending those letters? No, I didn't. I, I didn't have time. Okay. Then you're not going to see raving fans. You're not going to provide an experience that makes someone crazy about you where they want to buy again and again and again. There's always a reason not to do it. And there's always busyness that keeps you from doing it. And I, myself, I, I am also guilty of this. You know, I have a, I have a gift card right here that I need to mail to someone who gave me a referral and it's been about a month that's been sitting on my desk. So I, I need to actually, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, what is wrong with me? I got to mail this thing. Someone gave me a referral and I gave them 10% back. I said, Hey, thank you. That meant a lot to me. So I got them a gift card to their favorite restaurant, uh, which Chewy's is an amazing restaurant. You should all eat there. Uh, they're not sponsoring this episode, but maybe they should. So all that to say, keep this stuff in mind. We're not talking about spending thousands of dollars. We are thinking about how do I set myself apart in a way that other people would say is unreasonable, crazy. How can you do that to your margins? What are you doing? 
What if you leaned fully into that and you absolutely delivered in a way that no one expected? They would never forget your brand and they would never go anywhere else. There was a gentleman one time who sold protein powder and it was an online business. We were chatting about a difficult customer he had. And he said, yeah, I have this customer who is, is I feel like really trying to take advantage of me. I said, okay, well, what's, what's this customer doing? He said, well, this customer is okay. Tell mommy that daddy's doing a podcast. Yeah. Tell her daddy's doing a podcast. Thanks, Maley. Okay, thank you. Okay, it sounds like I need to wrap this up. It sounds like I need to wrap this up or I'm going to get in big trouble. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I hope this doesn't bother you that there's, there's, you know, craziness and distractions. And I've just accepted my life as a mess and it will just forever be. And the sooner I embrace that, happier I'm going to be. So... All this to say, I ask about this customer. Okay, so what happened? What, what, how did this person take advantage of you? And he said, okay, this person bought $200, $300 worth of protein powder. And you know, when you, when you get, when you use protein powder, how you have to get like that little um, transparent plastic spoon out of the protein powder. And so you dig into it, or you try to, you know, dig your hand into it. It's not enjoyable. Well, this customer had asked him, Hey, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, buy all this protein powder, but I have a tough time losing the little plastic spoons. Is there any way that you could throw in, um, just a few extra? So this guy's talking to me and he says, yeah, I feel like he's taking advantage of me. He's trying to get free stuff for me just because he bought some of my product. Like, why should I give him that? Think about how stupid this is for a second. So I ask, okay, what's your average purchase? Like what's the, what, what do people typically purchase in terms of like dollar amount per customer? And he gives me a figure. It's like 20 to $30, maybe 40 bucks. I say, okay, what are the, what do the plastic spoons cost you? Pennies, almost nothing. So you're telling me that this person who buys 10 times more than the average customer who wants pennies from you is taking advantage of you. Are you insane? I would be giving this person life, a lifetime supply of um, the little spoons. In fact, now that, that's not even just, that's the first step. Take this a step farther. I would strike a conversation with this person. Hey, thanks so much for being a great customer. What do you, are you a bodybuilder? Like, what do you do? Oh yeah, I compete. I'm, I'm competitive in, I do this thing or, you know, oh no, it's just a hobby. But on the side, I, I do, you know, motorsports or what have you. I, I don't know what it would be. I'm just making this up as I go. Well, I would figure out the things that he loves. And then I would, I would send plastic spoons that are engraved or, you know, maybe you send a ceramic one, uh, you're going to spend a little bit of money that has that person's brand or name or something engraved in it. Imagine if you did something like that, this person would post it on social media. They would call you. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. What is this? Like I'm blown away. We don't do these things because it requires our time and it requires our money. 
But these are the things that if you indulge in doing these things, if you're willing to take a little bit less money, but you're willing and you're willing to, to lose a little bit of time because it takes time, you will absolutely revolutionize your industry. We're not talking about luxury. It's not about throwing money at people. We're talking about intentionality. How are you being intentional with your customers? How are you showing them that you notice them and you appreciate them specifically, that person who specifically bought from you? How are you typically not just showing thank you or saying thank you, but actually showing thank you? When you think about it that way and you start to be creative and open the door and let the hamster wheel spin a little bit, on what you could do for people. You'll be surprised by how people respond to your brand. And more importantly, if it's a 10 year game, if it takes you 10 years on average to grow your business, you'll do it in five. You'll do it in one. You'll do it faster than anyone else will because you're differentiating what it looks like to actually spoil a customer and give customer service that transforms, not customer service that's just polite or what have you. Hey, that's today's episode. If you have any awesome stories of just incredible experiences where someone gave you unreasonable hospitality and it totally changed your perspective on that business, I'd love to hear about it. You can send me an email at blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can absolutely leave a comment. Tell us what you think about it. And lastly, if you're thinking about advertising your business like you heard at the start of the show, you can also reach out to me at the formation email. We'll chat more. All that to say, hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for bearing with me despite all the crazy interruptions and get out there and change your business. Turn your average customer into a raving fan and it's really not going to take as much work as you think it might. That's today's episode. We'll catch you later. See ya.